as hell and I wanna get ill So I go to a place where my homeboys chill Fellas out there trying to make that dollar I pulled up in the 6-4 Alright everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Bored as Hell podcast I'm Adam McDonald with Big Shiny Robot And I am Andy Wilson, also a Big Shiny Robot And you know, we've only got one movie for you this week uh, But we're pretty sure uh, it's all that's going to really matter for this week and for a while It's a biggie um, It's a biggie, yep. yeah uh, and this would be Marvel's Doctor Strange, the 14th movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that is now nearly a decade old. 14. Um, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that just makes me feel old just even saying that. Um, but anyways, Doctor Strange tells the story of Stephen Strange, the brilliant ne- neurosurgeon who... Well, Andy, how about you tell us about it? Sure. Uh, as you said, New York's most brilliant neurosurgeon with... A near-photographic memory who is able to perform miracles on the operating table. Well, he's out driving in his sports car and he tries to talk on a cell phone and, like you do, gets into a horrible car accident that leaves his hands with severe nerve damage and therefore him unable to continue his medical career. Yep, so remember, kids, don't text and drive. (laughs) Did did you notice at the end of the credits, by the stay through the credits, it's a Marvel movie. At the end of the credits, it it had a little note that said, like, uh, distracted driving is unsafe, please don't. Oh, really? (laughs) I didn't notice that. Yeah, so so watch for that note, kids. Um, Yeah. But with his with his career over and him still obsessed with how to get back his previous glory, he searches everywhere for an answer. And his occupational therapist says, oh, hey, uh, I know this guy who was healed from a, a spinal fracture and you should go talk to him. And he's like, I talked to these monks in a place called Kamartage and... Uh, yeah, now I now I can walk. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go check that out. And, of course, on his quest, he meets uh, a mystic named the Ancient One, played by Tilda Swinton. And she reveals the world of unseen dimensions to him and explains that just like the Avengers protect from physical invasion, they protect the Earth from mystical invasion from all of these other dimensions. And um, in opening Doctor Strange's mind to all of these things, he begins training to not only restore his hands and his health, but also learn a bunch of really cool magic. Well, it turns out that one of the Ancient One's other students, played by Mads Mikkelsen, has uh, stolen a very powerful spell from one of their sacred texts and he's gonna try and bring about the end of the world like you do and uh so they have to uh they've got to stop him and that's your movie there and and really this plays out like your kind of formula marvel origin story you can kind of see where it's going but it's it's not the the basic plot it's the execution and uh I, I don't know, Adam. Adam, what do you what did you think about that? Um, well, a couple things. The one thing you pointed out was with this movie, it's not so much the destination, it's the journey. It's how we get there. It's uh, yes, it does have a tiny bit of originitis because you've got to explain how he, you know, his life, how he lost everything, how he gains it back. 
But the really cool thing that Doctor Strange does that other movies, uh, specifically in the Marvel Universe, didn't do was the journey's really interesting because he's not stuck in his apartment in New York brooding. There's about 10 minutes of that where he's getting upset and being angry at everyone for what's going on, but it's taking him around the world. It's taking him to, like we mentioned, Nepal. He meets the Ancient One. She, uh, you know, hits him on his third eye and boom he's sent out into the astral world and sees all these dimensions so his way of getting these powers and learning who he learning how to use them and becoming a master of them is a bit more interesting than your standard oh uncle ben got shot and i got bit by a spider type thing yeah and and speaking of getting hit in your your third eye and going into the astral dimension i mean there is almost no way to describe the visuals of what happens to him after Oh, that. no, it's... You've seen the trailers, and you think you might have a little bit of an idea? Yeah. Uh, that's... No. no, that's like... like To use kind of what they've been saying, they said in the movie, is like, you've been staring through a peephole at the real world. We're mm-hmm. going to show you what it's really like, and as the audience, we get to experience that, because we've seen the trailers, it looks really cool, but the moment it flashes up on screen, and you do need to see this in IMAX 3D, they filmed Absolutely. the power of the movie in IMAX um, that experience you get when that first happens and then even later on in the movie is, is just mind boggling you know they pointed this out to us um, so that no one would go out and complain to uh, to the theater management but seeing it in IMAX that the the very beginning of the film it doesn't actually fill the entire screen and it isn't until that point where Stephen Strange's eyes are open, that you really start seeing the the IMAX and the the cinematics here, and it's just absolutely breathtaking. And I mean, there there are elements in here of everything from uh, Inception, The Matrix. I saw a lot of like Jim Henson stuff. There's mm-hmm. one scene that really reminded me of a of a specific scene from Labyrinth. Uh, the the one oh, with yeah. the hands yeah mm-hmm. if you can yeah it, it, these people who did the visual effects on this film have been marinating in all of these creative juices their entire lives and they put them all out there on screen and it elevates it to a level that I I have never seen before and it's it, it, it's it's hard to compare it actually to Inception because it feels like Doctor Strange is to Inception what Inception was to like the silent film The Great Train Robbery. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like uh, oh, it's, it's, were, a, it's a step. It's an it's not even a step up. It's an evolution. It's a huge evolution, and it's it, it it's really showing what you can do when when you open up your mind and. Uh, and and these ideas and it made the Marvel universe so much bigger and you know we we spend so much time with with Tony Stark and with Captain America and uh, a lot of that action is taking place like in New York City and a lot of the action takes place here in New York City um, but uh, the world's a much bigger place and and Marvel continues to expand its own mythos too um people have been following this from the beginning yeah you 
you're gonna get some more of, the, of, of stuff that's leading up to your Infinity War. There's there's stuff in here that you're just gonna be like, ooh, 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 yeah. and and really excited about. And um, it it expands on these characters and and this world in a way that I did not think was possible, and was just beautiful to watch. Yeah, and like you mentioned before, we're seeing things here we haven't seen in a movie, and that's what I love when I get to go see something and experience either through the way they shoot a movie or even the special effects sometimes. It's something that just blows you away so much because you've literally never seen it before, and you know, we look, you mentioned the Matrix uh, movie, and more so the first one than the rest, because the rest were a bit muddled because they got too wrapped up in their own grandiose um, when you saw the Matrix the first time, and you saw them do the bank scene, and or like the scene where Trinity, at the very beginning, jumps up and spins around, and she kicks the guy, it was jaw dropping because you've never seen it before. And even if you're a detractor of that movie, you have to admit that it invented new techniques and did new things that had never happened previously. And as much as we've been kind of joking around that Doctor Strange is like the inception of of the Marvel movies. Like you said, the Inception could go and take notes from what they did here. Uh, there's some fight scenes where, like, as we saw in the trailer, where the cities are bending and things are being created out of nothing that are just jaw-dropping. Like, you you sit there and you're just like a little kid in a candy store, like, ee like, you, you can't help but just have a smile on your face and enjoy what's happening because this is the first time you've ever experienced anything like that. Yeah, and, and on top of all of that, the... the film is anchored by incredibly solid performances. I mean, Cumberbatch here is... I mean, I would go so far as to say he is he puts in the best performance of any character I've ever seen in a Marvel movie. Like, he, he is acting and he makes it look so easy. You, you forget everything you know about Benedict Cumberbatch he is Stephen Strange and not in the way that like Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark because Robert Downey Jr. like puts a lot of himself in Tony Stark well, because he is the real life Tony Stark so <laughs> it, it, exactly it's it's more like watching Patrick Stewart play Jean-Luc Picard or <laughs> or something like that it's someone who is so finely attuned in in their technique and able to deliver something so different. And then the exact same thing is true of Tilda Swinton. Oh, and she Tilda Swinton's always fantastic in every single role she does. She's always different too. I mean, you've seen her from this. You've seen her in uh, Snowpiercer as the Bucktooth Lady. She just what you mentioned with with Benedict Cumberbatch, where he's on screen and. You're not seeing him as oh this is the voice of Smaug this is uh this is Sherlock this is Khan from Star Trek like no this is just Stephen Strange walking across the screen the screen in the same way she just completely embodies this character of the Ancient One and we'll probably talk about it in a little bit because the director just kind of addressed some of the, the whitewashing controversy um, where we actually owned up to it and said yeah I, I made a decision and this is why I did it I accept my this I'm learning from it but or, you know. She, the character that she embodies, she's fully it. Like you couldn't, you see that and you're like, oh, that's the ancient one. Like there's, you wouldn't think of her as any other role in this movie except for what she does. And she gets to be a badass. She gets to go out and 
not just be a mentor and teach him, but she gets to battle and fight and do all kinds of crazy things and even at some points have very quiet, emotional, um, resounding moments. Yeah, she... I, I think she delivers with one line the moral center of this movie. And I think you know the line that I'm talking about, and I won't spoil it. But it's a message that I think everyone needs to hear. Just a little bit, yeah. Especially this weekend. Like, exactly. We're, we're going into what is probably one of the most divisive, horrible elections we've had in the U.S. for decades. And it, it's worth noting that the, the message she gives is one we can take to heart as far as stop and think and realize that what this is is very, very true. And maybe we should all apply it to our lives and stop making it all about me, 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 me. Yeah. And so while we're talking about performances, uh, Chewie Atel, Edge of Edge of Four, and Mads Mikkelsen and Benedict Wong all three of them are also all all stars. Like I can't I can't believe the caliber of acting in this film. It's those three they are smaller roles but they are so perfect in them. Each of them. Like Mads Mikkelsen is legit scary. Uh Benedict Wong is both a badass and funny. At the same time, and stern, and th- he's he's like your favorite teacher from high school, who you know would come and jack you up if you didn't do your homework, but also would have fun with you after class was over. Yeah, and uh, and and Chewie tell Edgyafor, I mean, and that guy goes on a journey, and um, and again, stick around not only for the mid credit sequence, but all the way after the credits are over, because you you get a little more about where his character is going. And it's gonna be fun. So um, there's there is a a lot, a lot, a lot to digest. Oh, and we're forgetting something too. The best. Oh, character my favorite character. My favorite character favorite in the character movie is his uh, animated cloak of levitation. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so the picture, cloak is so good. <laughs> so yeah, we were talking last night about this, and we both had the same thought that the. The last time we had an animate object this lifelike and, and realistic and convincing and funny and everything else was the flying carpet from the original Aladdin, the, uh, the Disney animated film. Yep. This thing, you know, the whole there's a storyline about how there's these relics that pick the owner, and during a fight scene, boom! All of a sudden, you know, this thing is knocked over and it comes and helps him out. And but it has a full-on personality. It's you know, it'll, it, he was trying to reach for a weapon and it's like pulling him backwards, like no, come over here, do this or. Yeah. There's a moment where he's sad and like it wipes his tears away. <laughs> it's just all these little things that make this like more animated and almost more lifelike than some of the characters even. Yeah, it, it it's so funny with with no words and with no ability to do anything that uh, I mean the the cape gives this huge emotional performance and and you're just like Oh my gosh! I want a toy of this. <laughs> it's like, why do I want a toy of a cape? Like that's that's silly. It's like, but it's literally like the rocket raccoon of this movie. Oh yeah, easily. He's just—it's so great, and I've never seen that before. Like in a in a regular movie. Yes, we've seen it in a kids movie, as you know, the plucky sidekick. But it's it's so cool to see this and. 
that leads me to another point. Uh, a lot of people have asked me, like, okay, well, but this is different territory. This this isn't Guardians of the Galaxy. Are my kids going to want to see this? They liked Spider-Man, but are they going to like this? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I so uh, I took my eight-year-old son to go see the 15-minute the preview that they showed us a couple of weeks ago. And when he found out that he couldn't come to the premiere of of Doctor Strange or to the press screening, he threw on a threw a full on hissy fit. He was <laughs> pissed he could not come to this. That, and I'm like, okay, okay, it's all right. That's on Tuesday. We'll get tickets for Thursday evening, and we'll go see it again because I think you're gonna want to. I think I'm gonna want to see this, and yes, I want to go see this again on Thursday as soon as possible. Oh yeah, so. no. The, the moment I got home, I was kind of was horrible because I had to go to bed right away because I had to work really, really early this morning. Um, and you get home from a movie like this and you're amped and you're pumped and you want to talk about it. And I'm like, I can't do any of these things. I need to go home, take a shower and go to bed right away because if I try to emote how I'm feeling right now, I will be up till midnight and I'll be very, very sad tomorrow morning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can't wait to go see this again. I mean, the again, if they would have said like, hey, um, if you guys stay, you can watch it again. I, I would have stayed and happily gone oh, yeah. to bed late and been grumpy at work this morning because I was able to see it twice. Yeah, it this is this is just like the term eye candy has gotten thrown around a lot, but this is the most giant Halloween bag of eye candy imaginable. Like it's it's just absolutely amazing. And you layer on top of that the performances and uh, the emotional core and meaning of this movie. And it's just so cool. And, and Marvel people are going to love it. And people who are not Marvel people are probably going to like it. I think this is a movie you could come into not knowing almost any of the other Marvel movies and being okay picking this up like on its own. And see, that was something that was really cool we mentioned <clears throat> earlier was that you know this is a character that not too many people know i mean even people who are hardcore geeks like yeah. i'm only familiar with the character from marvel versus capcom 3 on the playstation mm -hmm. uh, and i had read uh with funny books and firewater we actually two weeks ago did the oath which was a good if for anyone who wants to kind of read some comics and get a sense of who he is that's a great one to start with because some of those scenes in the book are in the movie so i had a basic idea i'd heard you know some of his catchphrases and some little things, but what's so cool is that you, you literally can go in knowing nothing, and the movie fully educates you, it's not pandering, it's just like, hey, here's who he is, here's his story, here's how he gets there, and you can walk out being very aware of him and his world and everything else about that, um, when you may have, two hours before, didn't even know how he spelled his first name. Yeah, it... It's really great and really unassuming, and I, I think that was one of the things that made Guardians of the Galaxy such a surprise hit, is it had that very low bar of entry, because you didn't have to know the rest of the Marvel Universe. It, it You don't have to have seen all of the other Iron Man movies and Avengers movies. You can just pick it up and be like, oh, I heard this was really cool. You can go check it out. It's it, it's a great place to get into, but uh, Marvel folks are, are going to just go gaga over this, especially for that first after credit scene with 
an unnamed person. Um, and who, some magic tricks. And some magic <laughs> <laughs> That is uh, really great and, and leads to um, the next Marvel movie, which I'm very excited. I'm now very excited about. Now, uh, before I was like, yeah, I bet that'll be pretty cool. So, um, well done, Marvel. Um, so, let's talk about some of the failings of this movie, though. Adam, you, you brought up the whole whitewashing controversy and and uh, the what the director, Scott Derrickson, just gave a very lengthy interview with The Daily Beast where he talked about writing and uh, this controversy that... Uh, they, the original character of the Ancient One was an old man in Tibet. And they changed that to a Celtic woman in, uh, in Nepal. Mm-hmm. So uh, he explained that he was responding to this controversy, which is very real, that there are not enough strong female characters within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It is still very much a man's world. And so he wanted to come at this from the idea immediately of gender swapping it. The problem he then faced is that the character whom he had created for the story inhabited a a very problematic Asian cinema trope of the dragon lady and that that was also not good. And so he said he felt like he was in kind of a damned if you do damned if you don't situation. And so rather than using a, a bad Asian stereotype, he decided to recast it as a Western European person and cast Tilda Swinton. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. I do know that Tilda Swinton was amazing. Yes. And so final product, I can't I can't say too many horrible things about this, but I think it's worth mentioning. Um I think it's also worth mentioning and that despite trying to have more inclusion of female characters, this film still does not pass the very basic Bechdel test. No, the, it's, it's, the still, it's still very much a, a man's movie in the sense that I mean, you you do get and you do get a very, very badass, powerful female character in the ancient one. Yeah. Um, and in a sense she is leading men, so that, that's a very positive step as well because she's the one even if there are some disagreements and arguments She's still the one who is training them, showing them what to do, and in essence, telling them what to do. But um, yeah, it's it's it. The, I can reading his uh, interview, which the thing I'll give him a lot of credit for was he fully said like you know this is my decision, this is what I had to go with. Um, I did feel it was a lesser of two evils, and I understand that at the end, um, that's still an evil. That's still not the perfect decision, and. Yeah. Even at the very end of the article, he specifically said, he's like, you know, thank you for speaking out about this. Thank you for trying to make this better, trying to explain your feelings so we can make it better the next time. Um, and not many, not many directors do that. You look at you know, Josh Trank with Fantastic Four, 
oh, it was the studio's fault, it was the studio's fault, it was this, it was this, and uh, you look at Suicide Squad, oh, well, they filmed a different movie than I did, and too often the directors especially or the writers want to come in and defend every single decision they made as God's gift to filmmaking, and very, very few will be humble enough to at least say, yep, you know what, maybe I could have done this differently, but I made a decision, and that's what I have to stick with. Yeah, and given given those bad choices i think he did he did a fair job and you know props for casting chuitel edgia for who i think should be in every movie yes I mean, he's just fantastic. <laughs> I mean, him, I, him and chadwick boseman oh my gosh i but i have loved him since he was in serenity as the operative and i'm like who is this guy and what rock has he been hiding under and why isn't he in every movie (laughs) he's just just fantastic and uh yeah i i can't get enough of him and they they really set him up for a great character arc and and they took the character of wong who is also like a terrible asian stereotype of like oh i'm a i'm i'm your asian house servant who's guarding all of these mystical things no they made him they made him a badass too mm-hmm. and in many ways strange is equal or superior I, I loved it i thought I, I thought it was absolutely great and you know I, I feel like so much of this is incrementalism and we're doing better than we were 10 years ago and 10 years from now hopefully we'll be doing better than we were now so uh, I'm, I'm going to applaud Marvel for doing the right things and um, saying we still noticed that this wasn't quite good in, in these other ways, but I'm overall, like, good choices right. with, with most of these things. So. Yeah, like, it, like you mentioned, it, was, it, it is an evolution, and you know, maybe we can sit back as as you know middle-aged white dudes or almost middle-aged <laughs> yep no i'm definitely middle-aged at this point <laughs> we can sit back and applaud and say oh good job they're trying and you know i that is a very very true statement um i, I can't promise you i'd feel the same if i was a member of the aging community or if i was female or if i was this or that if you look what's happening with the ghost in the show movie it, um, it's kind of interesting because people are very very upset that they're there's whitewashing the character in that but then there are people in the Asian community both in America and in Japan who are like well the character's kind of always been portrayed this way anyway so we're not upset so it kind of comes to a line where are we are we upset for a good reason or are we just harumphing when the people who should be upset about this don't really care does that make sense? Oh yeah absolutely and and I mean I should have prefaced that statement with saying like you know acknowledging as you did adam you know uh, my my privilege as a middle-aged white guy to be like oh this is okay and it's fine and we're making incremental steps but i also think that we can't be on outrage mode 100 percent of the time sometimes we need to step back and be like okay what really matters here and i i think it's important to listen to all points of view especially from people who feel shut out and listen to them and elevate their concerns and see if we can address them as much as possible and i hope that marvel gets a chance to remediate some of these 
these issues and goes out of their way to 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 cast more Asian characters who do not fit your typical Asian stereotypical uh, character. Um, a, a good example of this, um, Disney Marvel's parent company, ABC, made that show a couple of years ago, Selfie, which I don't know if you if you like that show, Adam. I loved it, mostly because, first of all, I love Karen Gillan, but... Um, <laughs> But John I heard about Cho, it. I didn't get a chance to actually watch it though. So, oh, it was really funny actually. John Cho was the male lead. That's a, you know, he was a male romantic lead, uh, and nothing about his character said, "Oh, I'm an Asian guy." He's just a guy, kind of the same way on like uh, on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Josh isn't an Asian guy. He's just a guy. Who happens to be Asian, mm-hmm. but it's like, and and West Covina is just a town where Josh happens to live, but that's a separate story. It's actually really interesting too because uh, just last week I was flipping through Netflix and noticed that Margaret Cho uh, had a a new stand up special that I hadn't seen before, so I uh, turned it on and of course she's very very raunchy and very blue, so it, it, don't go click on her stuff unless you're prepared for that because. She makes some pretty jokes that even I wouldn't repeat. But uh, she had a TV show that focused on an Asian-American family back in the 90s called All-American Girl. It lasted, I think, one season. No one watched it. It just wasn't popular. Well, they have this new show out now called Fresh Off the Boat, which is about a first-generation Asian family comes to America. Yeah. And you the parents who, you know, and the kids and everything else. And I didn't realize this, but she helped work with them to create the show. And... The producers and uh, whatever channel I can't remember. Oh, it's on. Um, it's on ABC. It's ABC. on. It's on right after Modern Family. Right and and Blackish. You they get all over, your yeah. your family comedies <laughs> right there at the same time. It's great. And they said, "Oh, we don't think we can call it that because we think Fresh Off the Boat is racist." Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Well, it's not." Let me explain why. And she spends five ten minutes explaining that, and then she's all like, "Y'all white people worry about the stupidest stuff. Like you worry about what's racist and things that don't matter." Focus on the things that do matter and don't worry about the stuff like fresh off the boat because we're not offended by it. You shouldn't be offended by it. What you should be offended by and list the things that actually people should be outraged over. Mistreatment of people, Black Lives Matter, um, minorities being treated poorly, women being treated poorly. She's like, worry about those things and focus on changing those in in real life and don't get your beeps. (laughs) She says something horrible. In a bunch over the name of a TV show. Good point. Also... Yeah. Watch Fresh Off the Boat. It's hilarious. I, I need to. I, I always catch the last two three minutes because it's on like right before Agents of Shield, so yeah. <laughs> I always catch the last little bit of it. Yeah, it, especially if you have any like mid nineties nostalgia. It, it it what's what's so great about that is it, this family. They there's an easy way in for anyone who's like, oh well, that character doesn't look like me. Just give it give it a whirl. I think you'll you'll find it actually quite appealing. I, I love Fresh Off the Boat. I think it's great. So there we go. We've, we've kind of touched on, you know, you mentioned the failing with that. Um, I don't know, Andy, what, where are you at with this movie? I am at an 8 out of 10. And the only reason I'm not higher is I, I think that this is still an origin story. It's ramping up to something bigger. It had a lot to do. And it, while incredibly good, 
in so many ways, it didn't quite rise to the same level that uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain America Winter Soldier, or Civil War did. And that's kind of like my holy trinity of, um, <laughs> of, of Marvel movies at this point. Um, but this is on the same level, I would say, as, as the first Iron Man. Um, uh, better than Age of Ultron. I, I think this is a very good movie, and I recommend people seeing it just just for the performances and the visuals. It It's so hard because it's like a sliding scale. You're like, oh, well, I kind of want to be down on Marvel because it's not quite as good as Guardians of the Galaxy or, or Civil War. It, it's still a great movie, and, and it's definitely in my top ten movies of the year maybe almost in my top five, but that top five is a really crowded list. We've got some <laughs> great movies this year. So my view with this is that I need to go see it again because right now I've got that you know new Marvel smell I'm still kind of Good high on. Because <laughs> um, if I had to place it right now, I'd place it in my top four Marvel movies, which one and two is always Civil War and Winter Soldier go back and forth. You know, it depends on my mood, which one I think is better. Um, Guardians is always three. This one right now is four. You know, it's kind of fighting that with Guardians. I can't tell yet. And again, repeat viewings and, you know, getting the endorphins to wear off will definitely help it out. Um, but what I mentioned before was I've never seen anything in a movie that I've seen in this before. This had brand new things I've never experienced. You mentioned the acting's fantastic. I never felt that it dragged anywhere. It was an engaging origin story. It wasn't, you know, it didn't have... Like, oh, we're going to watch him mope or be sad or go to a funeral or everything else we've seen a million times. Uh, that car crash was one of the most horrifically violent things I've ever seen in my life. And you really oh, don't wow, see yes. anything bloody or gross or dismembered. But the fact that he even survived that, let alone... Because I just pictured, oh, he's going to run off the road and hit a tree. Oh, no. No, 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 no. Oh, no. Oh. No, it's a lot more than that. It's horrifying. Oh, God. I mean, it is, it is just... I mean, I, I've seen it. I've seen that scene now twice because they showed it to us in in that sizzle reel. And it doesn't matter. It's gonna be one of those things that every time it happens, it's it's going to be shocking, and it's going to be brutal, and it, there's just no escaping it. It is. It's watching a car crash, and you can't turn away from it as brutal and horrible as it is. Yeah fantastic oh. and awful at the same time i guess those expensive cars have really good airbags that's all i gotta say <laughs> my toyota my toyota corolla would be like a crumbled up basketball at the end of that <laughs> you probably also wouldn't be driving 90 miles an hour along uh the hudson on a two-lane highway oh god no i, I drive like an old grandma mm-hmm. no, I'm, <laughs> i drive on the slow lane going the speed limit maybe three miles per hour over with my phone into a place where I can't touch it <laughs> yeah. yeah um but anyways so going back to the movie what I always look at is when I watch a movie I ask what would I do differently what would I and again I'm not some amazing filmmaker I'm just thinking you know if I was in charge of this would I have done this differently would I have left this out would I have tweaked this would I have shot this differently I can't say that I would I can't think of something I would change I think it was paced wonderfully introduce characters a great way. I mean, we didn't even talk about Rachel McAdams, who was his kind of quasi-love interest as the other doctor at the hospital, who was kind of fun because you could tell they, they kind of break up, and then later on there's some scenes where you think maybe they could reignite that, and they really don't. 
which I think was a smart move. Um, yeah, definitely. But I can't think of anything I would change, so I'm at a 10. I loved wow. it. I can't wait to see it again. And, and again, maybe with re- repeat viewings and once everything kind of wears down, maybe I'll modify that. But I left that theater last night immediately wanting to go see it again and couldn't think of one thing that was done poorly or I would have done differently. I really like that standard. And I think that's a really great standard to have because it allows you to take the movie for what it's trying to be rather than judging it against an arbitrary scale. And I I don't know, there's, there's just some kind of magic and alchemy that this this almost has mm-hmm. but it's it's not quite there and and I think back to a couple of other films that I've seen this year that are just really truly flawless and it this almost measures up to them but not quite so that that's that's where I'm at but I I really respect you know going at this full 10 because yeah, and I, I I agree. There there isn't much that I I would have changed. Right, and it's not like we're saying an eight's a bad score. <laughs> That's not a fantastic a score. I mean, most most movies like we mentioned our very very first episode, they're going to fall on the bell curve somewhere around a four to six. So this is definitely on the higher end of that curve. And I think we would both agree that this is something that you want to go out and see. Take your kids, take your friends, go have a blast. See it in IMAX 3D. Um, it's it's a lot of fun and. It's kind of weird that we're getting this kind of movie in November, which we're getting closer to like award season and things that are have acting and you know, fifteen year filming times and blah blah blah. This one, the gimmicks are in front of you. It's like a good magic trick. You already know what's going to happen. You know how the outcome's going to be there, but you don't know quite how they did it. And even though you know you're being fooled. You're still having a blast doing it. That is a great summation. Cool. So that'll take us to the end. I mean, 40 minutes in Doctor Strange. I think I think yep. we, uh, we, we've we hit every single note. Um, in case you can't tell, like we said, go see this movie. It's, it's really good. Um, coming up next week, we've got The Arrival, which is looks like the alien arrival movie with uh, Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner. Uh, this is one I can say that I know nothing about. I've seen one TV spot for it. So I'm excited to see how that goes. Yeah. But until then, uh, hail Satan and have a lovely afternoon. Punk ass tripping, but it's alright. Homie scored a key, he's gonna fly. Punk ass fly.